Welcome to Golden Topics, which are personal discussions with a variety of professionals on critically important elder issues. Hi, my name is Mirit Hoffman. I'm a mother of three, a gerontologist, and an attorney specializing in elder law. My focus is helping senior citizens to stay in control when they reach significant junctions in their lives. I am a member of STEP, which is a global society of trust and estate practitioners. I lecture on estate planning and I write on various sites about the relationship between children and their elderly parents and the daily needs of the intergenerational family. These podcasts are personal discussions with a variety of professionals and are intended for anyone who is interested in being enriched with knowledgeable information regarding significant crossroads for seniors. Let's get started. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, today we're talking to Mina Yudkowski, who is a professional memory coach, geriatric social worker, and the founder of Memory Matters on Memory Loss and How to Improve Our Memory. And uh, before I introduce Mina, I just want to start with a question. So, which I'm sure most of you, if not all of you, will be able to relate to. How often have we all walked into a room and completely forgot why we're there? Or how often have we actually opened the fridge and forgot why we did that? So uh, without further ado, and I hope we picked your interest, Rina. Thank you so much. This is part two. So we started doing this, I think it was two weeks ago, and we're going to finish it up today. So yes. thanks again for bringing me back. Um, so I am a geriatric social worker and memory coach. I teach online memory improvement courses for those over 50. And what we're talking about um, tonight is really universal. And I don't even think you have to be 50 to have this happen to you, <laughs> to go into a room and to go into a room and say, what did I come for? And people get very worried about their memory. As we get a little older, we panic, right? We go, oh no, oh no, what is, what's happening? So. What we talked about, I'm going to actually share my screen. I'm going to, oh, can you just give me? Yes, I'm going to give you Hank on. Yeah, so we we talked about um, attention and focus and bringing our mind and our body to the same place. Um, we have an acronym, and I'm going to review what we did last time for those of you that, that missed the first part of this. Go ahead, you can do that. Yeah, I'm going to share my screen and so you can look at it while I'm talking. Okay, here we go. So... Okay. Um, here we go. Okay. So how to improve focus to improve memory. And there's a four letter acronym. It's teas, like healthy herbal teas that you like to drink, herbal teas. So the T we said stands for task, one task at a time. That means we're not multitasking. We're not trying to talk on our phone when we leave our house and lock our door. We're not trying to um, put something up on the stove and then walk to another part of the house and forget about it, but we explain that it's not forgetting. It's really about uh, not paying attention or trying to do too many things at once. So the T is task, one task at a time. We did, we talked a lot about multitasking. Um, it's one of my favorite topics because it's a myth and we want to stop the multitasking. And when you multitask less, or if, if you can stop it totally, you will find your memory improving, voila, because you're not trying to do so many things at once and you're not distracting yourself. The E stands for environment. Build a conducive environment to remembering. We talked about the power of 
lighting, clutter, no disruptions, you know, clearing the clutter, making sure the lighting is good that you can see and remember what you want to read or remember or what you're reading or learning or studying. Um, we talked about the power of our ears, right? If we can't hear what we're trying to remember, uh, we're not going to remember it because our environment is not conducive. So we have to build a conducive environment to what we want to remember. And then the A, we said was don't do things automatically. What does automatically mean? It means mindless, which we do all the time. We eat mindlessly. We drive mindlessly. We even um, try to listen to someone else, but we're not listening. We're mi we're, our mind is somewhere else, right? We're mindlessly listening, which is not uh, active listening. Um, so we do a lot of things automatically. We throw our keys down when we come in, and then we're like, where did I put my keys? I forgot. You didn't forget. You didn't pay attention in the first place. You can't forget something that you don't encode properly. If it doesn't go in, it definitely can't be recalled, right? right. So when we do things automatically, we're, we're tripping ourselves up like that. Um, the only time that we want to do something automatically, it's not automatically. It's more like a set time and a set place. So if I have um, you know, a little hook that I always put my keys on, so I come into my house, and I always, always, always put my key on that hook. And we call that in Hebrew, a makom kavua, right? A set place. So that my, key, my keys are always on the same hook. I can always find them. I don't have to remember where I put my keys. So that's not automatically, but it's, it's a set place. So that this is where organizational skills are really helpful to remembering. Give me one sec. So, um, so in those cases, you used to have certain systems in your house that help you be more organized and help you remember where things are. Um, but really, the power here is in the S. The S is going to be the most helpful technique here, and it really works, and it's really simple, and I love it because I teach this all over. People come back and say, we did it, we did it, it works, it works. S is senses. Use all of your senses. Now, what are our senses? Hearing, seeing, smelling, tasting, and touching, right? Those are our five senses. Right. Your senses stimulate the brain. If you use one sense to make a memory, you have about a 10% chance of remembering a week later. But if you use four senses, you have a 97% chance of remembering it. Now, that's, you know, it's not a guarantee, obviously, but it's a really big help. So senses... Um, we're going to use our senses to encode that memory properly. And when we encode it properly, we're going to be able to recall it properly. So um, this is how this is what it looks like. I'm going to I'm going to use some very day to day examples that a lot of people will relate to to show you how to use your senses. So, for example, how are we going to use your senses to know that you locked your door? This is very common. People like I said before, they're on their phone, they leave their house, they close the door, they lock it or don't lock it. Ten minutes later, did I lock my door? And the anxiety of the self-doubt really gets people stressed out, right? Did I? Didn't I? Did I? Didn't I? Oh, no, I'm going away for three hours. And what if a robber comes and I didn't lock my door? We can work ourselves up into a tizzy over the anxiety, not knowing whether we locked our door or not, right? So what I'm giving you here is really a quality of life issue. Besides the just remembering, it's really a quality of life thing. One lady um, told me that every night she would go upstairs to her bedroom and she would come back down to check the door because she could not remember. After I taught this lesson, she no longer had to do that. She said, now I, I do exactly what you told me. 
with the senses and I do not have to go back down and check the door every night. And she was so happy. It was like such a gift to her. This little, this little, you know, tip. So what are we going to do now? Instead of just being on your phone, walking away and closing your door now, we're not on our phones. We are not doing the, we are not multitasking. And I'm going to watch my hand turn the key. So I'm locking my door with a key. It, I mean, I personally don't have a key. I use a, one of the, we have a code on our house. So you can't use, so depending if you have a key or not, you can use parts of this. But let's say you have a key. So you look at the key, you feel the key, what color is the key, is it hot, is it cold? You put it in the key, in the hole, the lock, and you watch your hand turn it. I'm watching my hand turn it. I'm, I'm hearing the door slam. I'm hearing the click of the lock. I pull out the key. I'm watching what I'm doing. My brain is engaged with the action that my hand's doing. I'm watching it. I'm listening for the click. And I'm saying out loud, I have now locked my door. Say it out loud. I have now locked my door. So in 10 minutes or two hours, and you can't remember whether you locked the door, you're going to be, whoa, I know I did because I heard myself say out loud, I have now locked the door. This is where the senses stimulate the brain to remember. So you're going to remember hearing yourself say out loud, I have now locked the door. You might remember hearing the door slam or turning the key, watching your hand turn the key. Because why? Because you are present and mindful. It takes two seconds. This doesn't take a long time and it's not hard. It takes two seconds to be present. So you're not talking to people. Um, you're not multitasking. You're not looking around at you know what, what's going on. You're focusing on what your hand is doing. You're hearing the click and you're saying out loud, I have now locked my door. This works wonders. And oh my God, Rena, hang on, hang on. You have just made my evening because I am exactly that lady who goes upstairs, forget that she locked the door, goes back downstairs. It is a kabua thing every single night. I'm going to try your thing. I'm going to tell you tomorrow if it works. So tonight when you lock your door, you're going to say it out loud. You're going to upseal the lock, hear the click, say out loud. I have now locked the door. That's it. You don't have to worry anymore. You did it. Um, so that's the first example. The second example is that you turned off the stove. Now, this is a common one, and this is a dangerous one. Unfortunately, some people burn their houses down with this one, right? Because they forget that they didn't turn off the stove. So again, when you turn off your stove, you're going to watch your hand turn the knob or push the button, whether it's digital or not. You're going to, and there, there is a smell of cooking that's going to stop. You know, you're going to hear this. It's going to stop simmering. The fire is going to go out. Um, so you might, you know, the smell might be like, you know, different. You won't, it won't be bubbling. You won't be smelling the bubbling. It'll stop cooking. Uh, so you're watching your hand turn it off. You're listening for the sizzle to go out. You're watching the fire of the flame go out and, and move the pot. When you do that action of moving the pot to another flame, another stovetop, um, that action you will remember. It's kinesthetic. It's movement. It's action. And you say aloud, I have now turned off the stove. And you can even say it twice if you want. People used to complain to me that they didn't want to talk out loud like that because people will think they're crazy. <laughs> so, uh, so I tell people, don't worry about people thinking you're crazy. You're going to remember that you locked your door and turned off your stove. I don't care if anyone thinks you're crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and the other funny thing about that is in this day and age, everyone's wearing, you know, uh, Bluetooth and earbuds and these things in their ears. So they're walking down the street talking to themselves anyway. That we don't have to worry about that as much now. Um, the third example is that you took your medicine. Now, this is a big one also. Um, 
by the way, let me for one second, let me just go back to number two. If you put something up to cook in the kitchen and you leave the kitchen, you are extremely likely to forget that you have something cooking. So I tell people either don't leave the kitchen or put on a timer um, so that you are called back into the kitchen. Because once you leave the kitchen and you go on to do something else, your mind is, that's it, it's on to the next thing. Um, so that's just something about cooking. I always say either don't leave the kitchen or put on a timer. Okay, number three, that you took your medicine. So people always say, how do I know if I took my medicine? Um, I forgot if I took my medicine this morning or yesterday or the day before. So obviously a lot of people use those pill boxes. That's an easy technical success, right? You use a pill box. When you take it, that's it. <laughs> you go back and look. The pill box is empty. You took your medicine. Um, obviously to remember that to take the medicine, you have to put that pill box in a place where you are going to see it and it will remind you to, it'll be a visual cue to remind you to take the medicine. Um, but once, so when you're taking your medicine, now what are you doing? You're not just like swallowing it down while you're eating breakfast and while you're talking on the phone and while you're reading your newspaper. No, no, no. We're not doing that anymore. Now my brain and my body are in the same place, right? We align them. So I'm looking at my pills. What color are they? What are they for? You might take just two seconds. That's for the heart. That's for cholesterol. That's for blood pressure, whatever. Um, and when you, put them in your mouth and you swallow them, you feel them going down your throat. There is a sensation, even if you do it quickly, is a sensation of swallowing. So they might not have a taste. Maybe some do, some don't. Some vitamins are a little bitter, but most medicines don't have a real taste. Um, but you can, you can feel it going down your throat. Um, so that's a feeling. And then when you finish doing it, you say, I have now taken my medicine. And that's it. I've now taken my medicine. So in an hour, two hours, say, did I take my medicine this morning? So you could go check the pill box or you don't even have to. You just say, did I hear myself say it out loud? Now I'll just, I'll preempt the question because I've done this times. The question comes out, but how do I know if it was yesterday or the day before or the day before that or the day before that, right? I take the same medicine every day. That's the question I always get. Right, it's a good question. So the answer to that is our mind has an amazing way of filtering out what we don't need. Like I teach in my course, I teach the the memory process very simply. It's a very complex process, but I boiled it down to very simple. Um, and at the at every stage of the memory process, like I imagine like a little garbage can or a little filter, whatever we don't need goes out. So today I took my medicine. I remembered I took my medicine. I said it out loud, zo, like it's done. Yesterday, I don't need to remember that anymore. It's finished. So our, our brain can let go of that. It can filter, garbage can, throw out whatever we don't need. Um, and, and I think for the most part, it works well, uh, especially if we use techniques that help us pay attention to what we're doing. Um, okay, so that's the third one, that you took your medicine. The fourth example is where you put things. So this is the, where are my keys? Where are my, where's my pocketbook? Where's my phone? Where are my glasses? Um, so it's the same thing. If you put them down and you actually pay attention to what your hand is doing. So when your hand puts the keys down, you're watching the keys leave your hand. You're hearing the clang of the keys on the table or wherever you're putting them. You're seeing, you're looking where they are. And you say aloud, I put my keys on the coffee table. That's if you don't have a makum kavua, like we said before. Um, in addition, with this, you can use something else. You can use what we call a visualization or a visual image. It's going to help you really recall where your stuff is. So when I put my keys down now, 
I'm not, I'm not on the phone doing anything else, right? Stop that. Now, when I put my keys down, I imagine a big bouquet of flowers blossoming out of my keys. So it's vivid. It's a huge, like how many, like maybe 36 big red roses are coming out of my keys. And I just imagine it for two seconds. So later when I go, where are my keys? Where are my keys? Where are my keys? Oh my gosh, this image of these beautiful big red roses are popping out of my keys that are on the coffee table. So an image is also going to come back to you. In addition to hearing yourself say, I put the keys down on the table, an image is going to come back to you very quickly. It can be roses. It can be more violent if you like if you like the bomb blowing up when you put your keys down, I, you know, we grew up, we're in Israel, we don't like the bombs blowing up uh, in it. But if that works for some people, when you put something down and you want to remember, imagine a bomb blowing up on it. Um, or you could imagine a genie popping out, a genie popping out of your keys on your table. Any funny act, um, funny, absurd, uh, colorful, vivid image is going to stick in your head. So that's also what you can use to remember where you put things. Um, I once taught this course to a group of ladies. And one lady was, she was just, she was beside herself because she hid her diamond ring and she couldn't find it. And she hid it so well and she couldn't remember where she put it. <laughs> yeah. And she was like beside herself. Um, so this, see, really this technique is to preempt that. Once you did it, then you have to figure out how to recall where you put it. This technique doesn't really help. Really, then what you have to do is you really have to close your eyes and imagine yourself putting it where you put it and see if you could take yourself back to that um, situation, time, place, context, and figure out if the memory comes to you where you put it. Um, I, I don't know what ended up happening in that story, whether she found it or not. But this is to preempt that from happening. If you... When you hide something, even if you're trying to hide it, if you're really good about a mental image or saying it out loud so that you hear it, um, or if it's something really like like a diamond ring, you know, you could even write it down somewhere where you'll be able to find it, and but someone else won't be able to find it. Right. But again, the, these techniques helps preempt the problem of not being able to find it. Now, everyone loses something. In fact, there's an interesting statistic that the average person spend 16 minutes a day looking for lost items. The average I think I actually use more than that, but okay. <laughs> so think about how much time you can save and how much more productive and efficient you could be if you could just um, remember where you put things in the first time, the first place, by saying it out loud, by using your um, senses, hearing, seeing, touching. Now, the Smelling and uh, feeling are, are not relevant in all the examples. Some yes, some no. Right. Um, something interesting about smelling that I read, I think this is fascinating, that people that were tested on the details of a movie, well, like they watched a movie and then they were tested on the details of the movie while there was popcorn wafting in the air, they remembered many more details. That is the power of smell to stimulate uh, memory and association. There's also a connection between smell and the part of the brain that's the charge of memory. I don't, I don't exactly understand it, but there is some connection. There's a strong association between smell and memory. First of all, obviously, association-wide. Um, and second of all, we also know that oftentimes when people um, do have Alzheimer's, oftentimes their sense of smell goes as well. Have you heard that, Mirit? Yeah, I've heard that. 
Actually, smell is a very is a very is a big sense because I I remember reading once and it actually works. I remember doing it uh, actually having that feeling as well. There's a special smell. Um, smells smells are something that can take you way 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 back. Yeah, I years and years. I remember I remember jogging and there was this smell in the air of of, of meatballs. It was weird, weird, and it took me back to camp. Yeah, it was very strange. So yeah. Smell is, is a big thing and it does go away. It does get tainted when you have Alzheimer's, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. So, and also something else about smell and taste. I didn't appreciate it until I had COVID. I was a year ago, sickest. Um, and I lost myself to taste and smell. And then I realized how much we rely on those senses to enjoy life, to enjoy food, um, to enjoy eating, which we, you know, we spend a lot of time eating because we have to, um, and because we're Jewish, <laughs> right? So, so we spend a lot of time eating. And if you cannot use the sense of taste and smell, it takes away so much of the pleasure. I was so depressed when I could not taste and smell. It was terrible. Like my um my cousins came and they made a barbecue in my garden, and I saw the smoke and I could not smell the barbecue. It was the weirdest sensation, and I just prayed to get my sense of uh, smell and taste back because I really couldn't bear it. And that and and that is how much we rely on it, enjoy it, use it, and we can use it to help us remember. Um, so that is very cool. This really does work. Um, I'm going to just review the teeth and then I'm going to tell you for two minutes about my upcoming course that I want to share with you. Okay. So the T's. T is one task at a time. We're stopping. We're not multitasking anymore. E is your environment has to be conducive to remembering what you want to remember. A is don't do things automatically without thinking mindlessly. Now we're really just giving it two seconds of our full attention. We're being present. We're being mindful, whether we're eating, driving, listening to someone, we're being mindful. Um, and if you tell me you're too busy to be so mindful, I'm going to say fine. But if you notice your memory is lapsing or you're having issues remembering what you went to the fridge for or why you walked into a room or whether you took your medicine, the first thing I'm going to tell you to do is to be more mindful, focused, present. Um, there's a reason that mindfulness is such a, a buzzword these days and such a there's a focus on that. No pun intended. <laughs> there's actually a focus on that. Yeah. And then the S, use all of your senses. The more senses you use to encode that memory, the more likely it is that you'll be able to remember it. It's, this is a very, very powerful tip. It really works. People come back to me and say, I... I Talk to myself now all the time, and it really works. I'm like, excellent. <laughs> Very good. Um, and if you have any questions, feel free to email me, rena at renaudkowski.com. I'm happy to take questions. I do memory assessments. I have several different programs uh, going on. I also have a Facebook group called Memory Matters, um, Tips and Tricks for Midlifers and Seniors. You're welcome to join that. Uh, my website is renaudkowski.com. And... Right now, I am launching my Memory Matters Signature course, which I am very excited about because um, it's going to be really fun. It's, there's part one and part two. We're going to start in December. Part one is all the techniques, names, numbers, list of items. It's live online, which means we practice it. You get to ask questions. We go into breakout rooms, practice all the fun techniques. I don't teach anything that's too hard. I teach whatever I teach is simple and doable and practical for us. Perfect. Um, it's geared for people over 50 that either want to improve their memory 
or are worried about that memory or starting to notice something and they're not sure whether to be uh, worried, you can get in touch with me and I'll be happy to help figure out if this course is for you. So part one is 10 sessions. Part two is four sessions. And we focus on the lifestyle factors to help us prevent dementia. So diet, exercise, social stimulation, brain exercises, cognitive stimulation. And I bring on two expert interviews. And if you see where it says starting soon on the screen, Memory Matters Signature Course, that link is on my website, renamedkelsey.com, Signature Course. Um, that has all the information, the times, the prices, um, the coupons, um, and everything that's included in there. So you can check out that link. And I am happy to take um, questions, emails, uh, either questions through email, or if there's anyone on with us live that has a question, you can type it in the chat. I'm happy to take any questions. And I'm super excited about this course. Oh, one more thing. On Sunday, this coming Sunday, November 20th, I'm doing a free live webinar on names. It's going to be a memory challenge to remember the names of the people on Zoom. So I want there to be a lot of people on, so it's a good challenge. So if you're interested in joining me for that, um, just email me and I'll send you the Zoom link. If you don't have to sign up, just email me. I'll send you the Zoom link right away. And you, you're welcome to join us on Sago. I'm very tempted to join you. Do you want to put the Zoom link on the underneath in the comments of this? I can. I can do that. I can do that. Um, yeah, that look out to the video. That would be great. I'm going to unshare it and unhost you if that's okay. Yeah. Hey, let me stop my share. Okay. Stop Okay. Okay. Good. Just just check it before we go off. All right. Well, this was super interesting and so much fun as usual, Rena. It went by like very quickly. Thank you so so much. My pleasure. It. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak to people. It was it was great fun, and uh, I hope you enjoyed as much as I do, guys. Thank you very much for joining us, and uh, don't forget. Be in touch on our next slide. It's uh, it's worth paying attention to this uh, to this page. Have a good night, everybody. See you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Golden Topics. I hope you enjoyed it and that it provided you with important information. Do not forget to click and subscribe to Golden Topics so that you can stay updated on my upcoming podcasts. And of course, please share and invite family and friends to listen so that they can also benefit from the information discussed here. You are also welcome to visit my website www.lawmirit.com and to follow me on Facebook for more information regarding intergenerational estate planning and the various needs of the elderly population. I'm already waiting for you with my coffee in the next episode.